the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We've come to our sixth petition found here in the Lord's Prayer. It's that petition we're focusing on today on Abounding Grace. Join us. As believers in Christ, it is our desire to be pleasing to Him. Sadly, the temptations that surround us, along with our own sinful flesh, we're tripped up more often than not, aren't we? But that's why we are able to come to our Father in prayer, and this sixth petition specifically in the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. What is it to pray that is the subject of our time today. Welcome. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. We're looking at the sixth petition found in the Lord's Prayer as we continue our series on the Lord's Prayer. Let's catch up with our teacher and Pastor Gary Wagner now for today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Today we come to the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to remember the structure of the Lord's Prayer. It begins with a preface, Our Father which art in heaven. It has six petitions, and then it ends or concludes with an ascription of praise. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the sixth petition is, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, those of you who are visitors with us today... What we have been doing to help us in our study of the Lord's Prayer for 19 Sundays now is to refer to the Westminster Larger Catechism to explain for us what each of these petitions mean. Because each of the question and answers in the Larger Catechism are so eminently and fully biblical in expounding these phrases in the Lord's Prayer. So I'd like to read to you now from the Catechism, the explanation of the sixth petition. It's Catechism question number 195. What do we pray for in the sixth petition? In the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, acknowledging that the most wise, righteous, and gracious God for divers holy and just ends, may so order things that we may be assaulted, foiled, and for a time led captive by temptations that Satan, the world, and the flesh are ready powerful to draw us aside and ensnare us, and that we, even after the pardon of our sins, by reason of our corruption, weakness, and want of watchfulness, are not only subject to be tempted and forward to expose ourselves unto temptations, but also of ourselves unable and unwilling to resist them, to recover out of them, and to improve them. 
and worthy to be left under the power of them, we pray that God would so overrule the world and all in it, subdue the flesh and restrain Satan, order all things, bestow and bless all means of grace, and quicken us to watchfulness in the use of them, that we and all his people may by his providence be kept from being tempted to sin, or if tempted, that by his spirit we may be powerfully supported and enabled to stand in the hour of temptation, or when fallen, raised again and recovered out of it, and have a sanctified use and improvement thereof, that our sanctification and salvation may be perfected. Satan trodden under our feet, and we fully freed from sin, temptation, and all evil forever. One of the most important things in this sixth petition is the word with which it begins, the word and. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because that little conjunction links it with the fifth petition, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And in this fifth petition, we ask for forgiveness of sins and for assurance from God that our sins are forgiven. And then in the sixth petition, we ask for victory over our sins, power, over the sins power completely. In fact, as we shall see in a couple of weeks, the sixth petition looks forward to a happier condition on our part when we will never need to ever ask for forgiveness again. When there will be no such thing as forgiveness of sins. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. The fifth petition is the basis for the sixth petition. We can't ask God to rid us of the corruption of sin until we have first of all asked Him to forgive us of our sins and to remove the condemnation that hangs over our head and to bring us into a right fellowship with Him. And that is done in justification when God declares us not guilty. He credits Christ's righteousness to our account. He adopts us into God's family. And he gives us that title deed of eternal life. The moment we receive Christ as our Savior. And when that happens, the process of sanctification takes place. Sanctification always follows justification. That is, everyone who God declares to be righteous, He does a work within them by the power of the Holy Spirit to make them righteous and to mold them more and more into the image of Christ. In other words, we are forgiven in order that we may be freed from the power and the tyranny and the pollution of sin so that we may serve God. And it should be the practice of every true believer not to pray the fifth petition without the sixth petition, not to pray the first without the second. No true believer prays and asks for forgiveness of sins so that he can continue sinning. A true believer says, Lord, please forgive me of my sins, and then, by the power of the Holy Spirit, remove that pollution that is in my heart. Not only forgive me of my sins, 
but lead me not into temptation and deliver me from evil. Now, let's look at the words in this petition so that we make sure we understand them all before we start explaining it and applying it. And the first word we're going to look at is lead. Lead us not into temptation. The word lead means to carry or to bring us in. When we ask God to do that, we are not simply asking him to never allow us to be tempted because no one can escape temptation in this life. Nor are we simply asking God to preserve us and to protect us in the midst of temptation. This sixth petition asks for far more than any of these things, as I hope you will see as we go on. It is as if we are praying, Our Father in heaven, hold my hand. Give me grace and strength. Uphold me by your almighty power. Give me light and understanding that I may always know your way and always sanctify my heart by your spirit and word that I may not ever be defeated by sin but have victory over it in the midst of this evil world and all my enemies. So once again, like all the other petitions that we have studied so far, they may be short. It may just take a few seconds to say them but it takes hours to understand them and to meditate on them. They are rich and they are full. The word temptation means either test or trial or to entice. In the Lord's Prayer, it cannot mean to test or to try because what is at issue is not a test of faith, but the experience of being tempted to sin by evil powers. Therefore, although the Greek can be translated to test or try in the Lord's Prayer, it should be interpreted to entice or beguile. It depends upon the context in which the word temptation is found in the New Testament as how, to, how it should be translated. And let me show you. Turn to the first chapter of James. James chapter 1. And we'll look at verses 2 and 3. James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Joy and trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Here our word is correctly translated trials. And it is referring to those thing that, things that God sends into our lives to test and strengthen our faith, so as to give our faith a tried character, enabling us to produce the fruit of patience. Now look down at James 1, 13 through 15. You see the same word again, but it's translated a totally different way in English. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and He cannot tempt anyone. God sends tests, and He sends trials. But God doesn't tempt anyone to sin. Back to our text. But each one is tempted when he is carried away, enticed by his own lusts. Then when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when it is accomplished, it brings forth death. 
Now, here the same word is correctly translated temptation or entice. And I read to you both from James to show you that the interpretation all depends, again, upon the context. And the context in the Lord's Prayer should be entice because it is dealing with being tempted to sin and being overcome by evil powers. Trials and temptations are, although different things, closely related to one another. God never sends temptations, but He does send trials to test and strengthen our faith. You see this most clearly in the life of Abraham. Every time God would, be, every time God would make a promise to Abraham, He would test him to see if he would believe that promise in a difficult situations. Sometimes he passed the tests, and sometimes he didn't. God promised Abraham he would have a son as a promise in his old age, and he had Isaac. And then what did God tell him to do? Sacrifice Isaac. Let's see, Abraham, if you'll trust me, and if you will do it. In another instance, he said, Abraham, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. And then what did God do? He sent a drought. Is Abraham going to stay there and trust God, or is he going to go to Egypt? He went to Egypt. He failed the test. So God brings trials and tests into our lives, but not temptation to sin. Another thing to bear in mind is that when God sends a trial... Satan, every time, tries to turn it into a temptation. That's important to bear in mind. That every time God brings a test into your life to strengthen your faith, Satan is going to try and turn it into a temptation to weaken your faith. All trials then are temptations, and all temptations are trials for the people of God. But there's still a great difference between them as well as similarities. What is a trial to the faith of believers is at the same time a temptation to the indwelling sin in us. That is, God tests our faith while Satan tempts the indwelling sin to show itself in our lives. Trials always present the truth. Temptations always present a lie. God tells us the truth and then tests us to see if we'll believe it. But temptation always presents a life of sin and unfaithfulness to Christ as something desirable, as something worth striving for, as something that is enjoyable without any real consequences. And trials are always based on truth and they present truth while temptations are always based on lies. And trials and temptations differ with reference to motives and purpose. The motives of temptation are hatred toward God and for that which is good and love for sin. What is Satan's, the tempter's, goal in temptation? To try and get us to dishonor God and to destroy ourselves. What are trials motivated by? Love for God, love for what is pleasing to Him. And what is the purpose of trials? 
They are to benefit us and strengthen us, to advance the maturity of our faith as Christians. So keep this distinctive clear, as well as the relationship that we find between trials and temptations. So now the question is, what is temptation? The definitive book on this subject was written approximately 350 years ago by the man called the Prince of Puritans, John Owen. If you can get the book, you should try and get a hold of it. But I think Don Wright would agree with me, though, that Owen was a pretty lousy writer. One sentence of John Owen can go on for a couple of pages, but this work is the definitive work on the subject of temptation. And he defined it like this. Oh, by the way, it's titled Overcoming Sin and Temptation. He said, temptation is anything that for any reason seduces and draws the heart and the mind of a person away from obedience to God, that causes, that causes or gives an occasion to a person to sin and to neglect duty, either by bringing evil into his heart or by drawing evil out of it or that in any way diverts from fellowship with God and that obedience which God requires of us. Temptation is anything that for any reason seduces and draws away the heart and the mind from obedience to God. It can be evil things, and it can be good things. Anything that causes or gives an occasion to a person to sin or to neglect duty, it can be evil things, or it can be good things. Now, this is insightful. Either by bringing evil into his heart or drawing evil out of it. Satan is so brilliant. Sometimes Satan can tempt us by seducing us with evil temptations we haven't even thought of. Trying to convince us of the joy of them. And he puts evil in our hearts that weren't there before. And then at other times in the life of a believer, sins that we have repented of and that we really no longer have a struggle with, lo and behold, what does Satan do? He brings them to our minds again, providing an opportunity to fan the flames of this old sin and that we thought we had conquered years ago. He draws that sin out of the heart. Now the word deliver. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. The word deliver means to save, to protect, to guard, to ward off. Lord, save us from temptation. Protect us from temptation. Guard and ward off temptation. Then we have the word evil, which is actually an interesting word. Evil can be translated two ways. It can be a masculine adjective, which means the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or it can be a neuter adjective, which means deliver us from all moral evil. From everything that is morally bad, harmful, and morally evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all forms of evil and the evil one himself. 
Now, what is the point? We've looked at the words of this petition. What is its point? Well, there are two words that give us the gist of this petition. And those words are preservation and deliverance. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Preservation and deliverance. So someone who prays the sixth petition is praying that God will protect him and strengthen him by the Holy Spirit against all the assaults of sin and Satan in this life. So he will not be overcome by evil in his struggle against sin. And at the same time, he is praying that God will enable him constantly and strenuously to resist all of his evil enemies until at the last he reaches the goal of total victory over all opposition. It is as if he is praying, lead me not into the traps of temptation, but deliver me completely from evil. Satan, all kinds of moral evil that is repugnant to God. You see, we're not saying, and deliver me from most evil or a little bit of evil. But do you know what this age believes? This age believes that you've got to be a little evil to be completely human. And that goodness and evil are two important forces within a person. And it's only when they are in balance that you are fully human. I don't believe many people want to be completely evil. But many people think you need to be a little evil or you're just going to get kicked around in this world. No one wants to be completely mean, and no one actually wants to be good all the time, except the person who's been born again by God's grace. He wants to be delivered from all evil. He knows that as long as there is any evil remaining in him, he is still less than human, less than what God wants him to be. So when he prays this great prayer, he is praying, Lord, I'm not going to be satisfied until that final goal is reached. I pray that as I long, and that as long as I am still alive on this earth, that you will lead me not into temptation. And I pray, O oh Lord, that you will deliver me from evil completely and totally. And I will not be satisfied until I am in that total perfect condition in your presence. In eternity. Here's what Pastor Hoxima said. The believer longs for the day when his enemies shall be no more. When the dangers of sin and death no longer threaten him. When the day of complete salvation and perfect victory comes to that final state of per perfection he looks forward to when he prays, deliver me from evil. So I ask you, beloved, is that you? Is the one longing of your life to be free from all evil? Not to be good most of the time and a little bit bad when you need to be. But to be free from all forms of evil and all of its infections in your life. So that every thought you have and every word you speak and every aspect of your behavior and all of your actions are pleasing to the Lord in the fullest. Now, of course, that's not going to happen in this life before death, but it is going to happen. And that's what the Lord calls you to strive for. 
At death, we who believe are perfected in holiness. And at the end of time, our bodies are raised from the dead and are physically perfected. Then our souls that are perfected and our bodies are joined together. And there, as fully complete, perfect human beings, we will live in the presence of God and never need to ask for forgiveness again. That's what you're praying for when you're praying. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us completely from all evil. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner.